Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. I hope you're having a great day. Got a lot to get to, but real quick, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And also, don't forget, today's episode is presented to you by the great people over at Sugar Fire in Westminster, as well as Superbook Sports Colorado. I'll tell you a little bit about Superbook here in a quick second, but real quick, looking at today's show, uh, riding a hamster wheel across the Atlantic. Yeah, you know what? It didn't end well for one guy. Don't mind my drooling and farting emotional support dog. <laughs> That's a kind of dog I could have. That'd be awesome. Anyway, uh, police officer commandeered a kid's bike to catch a suspect. Kind of cool. Rotten Tomato proves it's not just a clever name. And eating your lunch high up in the sky with a popular restaurant. Would you be in on it? We'll tell you more about that, but real quick, why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, this fall, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook is going to give you a bonus up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use promo code MILEHIGH. So go ahead and bet with the best and use promo code MILEHIGH this football season with Superbook Sports Colorado. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. And if you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. <laughs> Reza Bellucci. I think that's how you say his name. That's how I'm going to say it, though. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Real quick, side note, I said that uh, F1 racer's name wrong the other day, and boy, some of you, some of you understood. You're like, man, it's poor little Scott. He's not too bright, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, I'll tell you that much. It's fine, we'll give him a pass. But some of you F1 uh, uh, nerds <laughs> are like, that's not how you say it. Is this supposed to be funny? Fuck you, I hope you die. Okay. I'm going to hide that comment because it hurts my feelings. <laughs> I get it. Anyway, Reza Bellucci was, he designed this, this amazing floating hamster wheel made out of buoys and wire, and it's self-propelled. It's really kind of impressive when you look at it. I was very impressed. I was like, yeah. I mean, I, me personally, I'm not going to get on that unless I'm in a swimming pool. <laughs> That's it. Otherwise, in, in in the ocean with uh, sharks nipping at my feet, no, I'll pass. I'll pass. But anyway, this dude was trying to go from Florida to London, which is right around 4,000 miles, give or take, you know, a shit ton of miles. But there was a hurricane approaching, Hurricane Franklin. So the U.S. Coast Guard saw that he was out there. They're like, what is that stupid little thing on the water? Oh, God, it's one of those people trying to do something, you know, creative. <laughs> let's, let's you know, get some scraps together, and then let's go, you know, make a YouTube video. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm filling in some caps there. But anyway, Bellucci was asked for, so this is what's funny. Get this visual in your head. So, like, he's, he's pedaling along. <laughs> Have you ever seen a hamster wheel? It always makes a, like a little squeak, and you always see their face. They have a, like a goofy smile on their face, and they're like, 
<laughs> anyway, so he's going along doing that. And then they come up. The U.S. Coast Guard does. They got their loudspeaker and they ask for his vehicle's registration. Like, please pull over and <laughs> get out your driver's license and vehicle registration, please. And he's like, I don't have it. <laughs> it's registered in Florida, but I can't. I left it in my other pants pocket. <laughs> Could you imagine getting pulled over in the middle of the ocean and they're asking for your driver's license and registration? <laughs> Be like, dude, I don't know, man. I It's around here somewhere. Kind of a weird moment right now. I'm I, I'm feeling a groove. Get my workout on. I got, you know, best of 80s pop music playing in my head, and I'm really feeling it. And you guys come over and then stifle my groove. Kind of jacked up. But anyway, he refused <laughs> to give them anything and refused to officially stop. They're like, you need to stop, dude. There's a hurricane coming. It's not safe. This doesn't seem like it's a safe vehicle to be uh, going across the Atlantic on. So he threatened to stab himself if they tried to force him off. And eventually, a few days later, they finally got him out safely. They probably tranked him. Let's be honest. That would be kind of cool. You got a sniper on a... I'm, I'm making this part up. Uh, imagine having like a sniper on, on a back of a boat, which would be hard to do because you're constantly just moving with the waves. And he's just sitting there with a trank gun. He's got a cigarette. No, 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 no. A cigar hanging out the side of his mouth. He's uh, you guys give me the green light. This son bitch going down. And then, boom, pop. And then the dude passes out. And they get him. A tale as old as time. <laughs> anyway, they ended up they ended up getting him out of there. They charged him for being on an unsafe water boat thingy. <laughs> is the technical term. I don't want to bore you with all the technical terms I know, but it was some sort of unsafe water boat thingy-majig, okay? But here's the thing with this guy. He's done this plenty of times, whether it's trying to go from Florida to Jamaica or Florida to New York. He's always trying to do something. He's very creative, and he builds these, these vessels. One, I want to say the time that he was trying to go to New York it was an inflatable hamster wheel that he modified, and they actually like blew up the <laughs> blew it up. They <laughs> sunk it. Like well, that's kind of a dick move. All that hard work going right down the drain, essentially. But I don't know. To to me, it, I I'm mixed on it. I get it. You go out there, and if they have to go rescue him, they're putting the lives of the Coast Guard in jeopardy or anybody on the rescue team in jeopardy when they have to go out. If they get a, if they get a distress call, be like, we got this uh, giant hamster wheel going down in, you know, in the middle of the Atlantic ocean, we need rescuers out there. So then they got to send people out there and it's putting their lives at risk. But that being said, if that didn't happen and if he just goes along and if, if nobody reports him having any issues, I, then it's just like, yeah, what's what's the harm? But I guess there is big harm in it because potentially individuals could pass away by trying to rescue them. So I get it. If you're going to do something like this, you got to go through all the hoops and make sure everybody's aware of what you're doing. And, dude, check the freaking forecast. If there's a hurricane, what was it, Hurricane Franklin coming in? Yeah, maybe don't go out. 
you're trying to go 4,000 miles in, in a hamster wheel. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Maybe what you do is you try to go across the United States in one of these things, just like a, mo- a modified vehicle, and then you take all back roads, something like that. That would be interesting. You probably get that sponsored, right? I don't know. I just feel like this guy could go about doing it a, a little bit differently, and then that way he doesn't get arrested and, and you know have to get bailed out of jail. Ridiculous. I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I appreciate his creativity and his his thought process of going, yeah, you know, screw it. I think I can do this. And that's a lot of grit, a lot of determination, a lot of physical ability to do that. And he probably could have done it. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> get the weather app on your phone. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, a couple is demanding Singapore Airlines refunds their 13-hour flight from Paris to Singapore. And we always have, like every week now, we're getting these flight issues. The couple said that they bought their two premium economy seats on a Singapore Airlines flight, but ended up moving to economy because they were sat next to another passenger's dog that was drooling and farting throughout the journey. <laughs> is that is he farting? Is he drooling too? Oh my god, it's so disgusting. The passenger couldn't have the dog out in the aisle because obviously they got trolleys going through. So it had to come in further, which meant its head was under the husband's feet, and the husband was in shorts and was getting dog drool and goo or whatever you want to say, all over his leg. (laughs) Here's the thing. I kind of agree with these people. I mean, 13-hour flight is a long flight. I got to fly to Australia, I don't even know, like 15 years ago, whatever it was. And I was on Qantas Airlines, and and it it was a relaxing flight. But the the... Next time I went, because we were lucky enough, you no kids have a different. You have a different budget as an adult when you don't have kids, so we were able to go a second time. But this, the next time, that for whatever reason, the seats we were in, because we were in economy both times, but the the second time we went, the lady in front of me just from the get go had her chair in front of me just fully lounged back and 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 it was one of those things where I was like I was I must have lucked out the the previous two flights I was on you know going there and coming back because it was touching my legs and I was really freaking uncomfortable and based on and then I want to say the other person next to no, I, I was just like, I'm not going to let my wife sit in this seat, so she's uncomfortable. But it was just one of those things. I was like, this is really fucking uncomfortable. And that was a long-ass flight. So I get it, a, especially a long flight, to be uncomfortable and to be dealing with something like that. That's ridiculous. But why were they... She The, the dog must have been... They don't say it, but it must have been an emotional support dog because why the heck... Was it not in with all the other animals? 
underneath or wherever they put them. I don't know. I don't know. But I've never been on a plane where I've seen an animal. And that would just bug the crap out of me if I'm if I'm flying along and something's constantly ripping and drooling. Ripping and drooling. That's what that's gonna be my my MO when I'm uh old. <laughs> Look at the huff. Look at him over there. He's just he's just <laughs> He's just ripping and drooling. Look at him. Ah, I'm like, <laughs> that's me. That's me when I'm 90. <laughs> refusing, <laughs> refusing, uh, you know, any sort of help from anybody. And then just when I do, then I'll just like rip a nasty one. Be like, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you, you little snot. <laughs> that's me. That's me as a as an old man. I don't know. I, if you guys ever experienced anything like that, that would be bizarre to me to to have to deal with that speaking of bizarre I, this is like something straight out of a movie a police officer in gosport england commandeered a child's tiny bike to catch a burglary burglary suspect <laughs> i said that so smoothly wow <laughs> i'm a wordsmith Anyway, officers were searching for a man in the White Lion Walk area uh, in, in, in that area of town and on Friday night when a quick-thinking cop spotted a boy on a bike and asked to borrow it during the pursuit. <laughs> Apparently, she said, please, oi, hi, Mike. I'm trying to think, what is a British guy? Oi. Give me that bike so I can bore it. And then that's according to the police officer, Harriet Taylor. She said, Oi, I'll return it. (laughs) The youngster agreed and watched as Taylor took off on a small bike towards the suspect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just feel like that's stupid. If you're in good shape as a police officer, don't you think it would be just easier to just keep running? Because by the time you think about the time, unless you're going down a hill, I guess. I don't know. But I just don't feel like that would have actually sped up the process. They ended up arresting the dude. So I guess technically it worked. But I'm just wondering, is the time it takes to go, hey, kid, give me your bike. And he's like, what? No, this is my bike. I swear to God, I'll return it to you. I don't know. And then by then she's like, give me the damn bike, kid. And then she takes the bike and she's got to get adjusted to it because it's small and she's a large person. And then then they get, I don't know, I just feel like the, I, ca- I kind of call BS on the whole situation, like that it, that was a smart choice by the police officer. I just don't feel like it is. If you're a police officer out there, and I know I got several several of you that listen, or maybe you're retired. Has there ever been a situation where you're like, man, if there was only a bicycle right here that I could commandeer and then just chase after the suspect, would that be beneficial? I mean, I don't know, especially because it's a small bike. I guess maybe if it was like a mountain bike, I just feel like that that would be, have you ever tried as an adult to ride like a small bike? They, They show a picture of it and I'm like, that would be hard for me to get on that because I'd be like, I sometimes I get on my son's bike and my like my legs are out like butterfly wings and I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm not going that fast. <laughs> not going that fast. And I'm just trying not to tilt the bike too far to one side or the other because my legs are are so long that I'm just going to end up like smacking. I don't know. It's crazy. If you're a police officer, let me know if that actually makes sense because I feel like it shouldn't. But I guess without seeing the terrain of where they had to go and what they were pursuing, I it, I guess I can't make a full judgment on it, but I just it just seems too comical. Too comical. Be like, hey, let me steal your bike. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Leave the basket. I got to put my gun in there. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so bizarre. So bizarre. But I like it. I like it. Hey, speaking of things I like, I like it when people buy me beer. And that's going to be happening tonight at Sugar Fire in Westminster my go-to barbecue place just off 144th and Orchard Parkway. So just west of I-25, just east of Huron, boom, right in the middle, on the south side of 144th, it's St. Louis-style barbecue. They got baby back ribs, beef brisket, pulled pork, turkey, burgers, all prepared to perfection every single day. Well, so tonight is the first night where we're having like a, a watch party for football. You can... They have a special menu, and whether it's food and drinks, we're going to have a good time, and they got some really great drinks. And they're also unveiling their new their new fall cocktails. And I'm like, ooh, those look, those look way too delicious, way too delicious. So you guys are going to have to come down there starting tonight at 6 o'clock at Sugar Fire in Westminster uh, to give you a quick preview of some of the menu items. Like the hot route, I got to try. That's smoked fried chicken wings with your choice of St. Louis Sweet Barbecue House Buffalo or Thai Sweet Chili. Thai Sweet Chili is my new thing. I love Thai Sweet Chili. It's just, you put that on anything, and, and it's delicious. Also, in the pocket, this is the one that my wife and kids are like, ooh, Dad, we got to try that tonight when we come by. I'm like, absolutely. Smoked fried artichokes with lemon aioli or fried pickles with ranch. I love fried pickles. It's my jam. I I might just eat that tonight along with a cheeseburger. Because <laughs> I, I like cheeseburgers, too. I like food. <laughs> they also got, you know, brisket cheesesteak topped with cheese sauce, grilled peppers, onions, hoagie. Also, five-ounce smoked salmon, plus a whole bunch of other great stuff. You got to come by and check it out. Also, we got some local breweries out there. They're going to be giving away some uh, some great prizes Pint glasses, shirts, hats, koozies. Also, like I said, they, they they may buy you a beer. They might not. But, hey, you should ask. <laughs> Be like, who wants to buy me a beer? Do it. Do it. Hey, Dove, who going to buy me a beer? And I'll be like, it's not me. It's not me. Somebody else. <laughs> like I said, Sugar Fire in Westminster is also going to have a discounted beer and cocktails menu as well. So this is a great way for us to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And the great people at Sugar Fire in Westminster just want to say thanks for, you know, being a great person. So sit back, relax, eat some great food, enjoy the game, and let's just chill. And so so go to Sugar Fire in Westminster. It's off 144th and Orchard Parkway. So just east of Huron or just west of I-25, however you want to look at it, on the south side of 144th. 
Go ahead and follow them on social media at Sugarfire Westy. Sugarfire in Westminster, reinventing barbecue every single day. So a study found that about 36% of moviegoers check a film's Rotten Tomato score before buying tickets at the box office. I kind of fall into that, but then there's a lot of times where I'll see like a Rotten Tomato score on you know a movie that I'm interested in. I'll be like, God, it's getting killed by the critics. But ultimately, I don't care what the critics think because most of the time, I could go in there and watch a movie and I'll be like, this is really good. I don't know what everybody was complaining about. Like I watched the flash and yes, there's some times where I'm like, dude, the graphics kind of blow in this situation, but I guess I kind of get what they were going for from an artistic perspective. I don't agree with it, but I get what they're doing. And I also don't like that lead actor in the flash, but that being said, still a good movie. So, Rotten Tomatoes is in some hot water right now. And if you don't know, Rotten Tomatoes is a review entity that likes to, uh, they review movies and give it a score. Basically, every review is categorized as either positive or negative. The number of positive reviews is divided by the number of total reviews. For example, pretty simple math. If a movie had 50 good reviews out of a total of 100 reviews, it would score 50%. If a movie had 10 good reviews out of a, a total of 11 good reviews or 11 reviews, it would score a 91%. Pretty simple, right? So a new report from New York Magazine is suggesting that Rotten Tomatoes scores can be easily manipulated. <gasps> what? alleging specifically that a public relations firm, Bunker 15, has paid low-level, often self-published reviewers for positive write-ups as a way to game game scores. And and I got to be honest with this real quick. Do you blame them? Do you know how much money you can make if, if a movie gets great reviews and you get more people to go watch it, it makes sense. And if you have somebody write something, something that opposes your, you know, basically is your competition. You can be like, Hey, you know, the routine (laughs) bomb the shit out of this one and make sure that it doesn't get good reviews. And then they get, uh, you know, cause there's times you watch these, you see these reviews and they're like, this is like a great movie. It has it's scoring like 95%. Then you watch it and you're like, that is one of the most depressing, just just jaw-droppingly sucky movies I've ever seen. So I don't get it. So that's kind of what's being thrown out there right now. And it's not really surprising. And I don't really blame the PR firms for this because I would do the same thing if I was in their situation. It helps your brand and it helps put money in your pocket. And as of right now, there's nothing saying you can't do that. Not that I'm aware of now bunker PR came out and denied the allegation uh, alleged manipulation telling New York magazine in a statement saying we have thousands of writers in our distribution list. 
a small handful have set up a specific system where filmmakers can sponsor or pay to have them review a film. Rotten Tomatoes also said in a statement that they took that they take the integrity of their scores seriously and do not tolerate any attempts to manipulate them. So kind of like what the PR firm is saying, it's just like filmmakers will do the same thing. They'll be like, hey, can you review this? I'm going to give you money. And if me as the reviewer want to keep that door open to that income, I'm going to give them a nice review. I'm not going to give them a crap review, right? That Then I'm closing the door on that revenue stream. So yeah, it's a flawed system. I would take, I mean, really, you got to look at the audience score, I guess. How about this? Just don't take what any cr uh, critic says. Don't even look at reviews on social media because people tend to lean towards the negative or, you know, just come up with an opinion on your own. <gasps> Shocking. <laughs> no, I can't do that. No. I know it's easier said than done because there are times where I'm like, well, what are people saying about this movie? I'll go look it up. And if, if there's too many negative and too many of the same type of comments, I'm going to be like, maybe I sh I'll just wait to see that one till it's on TV. <laughs> I stumble upon it. And then I'll either be pleasantly surprised or be like, yeah, man, that was a big waste of time. And that happens every now and then, you know? So don't what we can learn from this is don't take other uh, people's opinions about things. Don't take it and go, yeah, that's the truth. Because obviously people are being deceptive. And again, I get it. I get why they're deceptive. It makes sense. I see it from all angles. I see why the critic would because that's just easy money. But that being said, ultimately, they're, they're ruining their credibility. But you're a critic, so nobody really takes what you say. <laughs> you know, nobody really cares what you say. They're just looking at the Rotten Tomato score. You're just a number. So, I, I, I don't know. And I get why the PR firms are, because there's a lot of money to be made if you get more people in the door to see your, see your movie. What do you think about that? Let me know. DeHuffPodcast at gmail.com or you can hit me up at uh, on social media at DeHuffPodcast. Now, according to Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, anything above a 60, 60% is considered fresh, right? And then, like, I think it's 75% and above is, like, certified fresh or something like that. But here's like I'm looking at some of these movies that are con considered rotten. Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, the original, 58%. Hook with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman, 29%. Space Jam, one with Michael Jordan, the good one, 43%. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, 35%. That one I could see. Not, I'm not a huge fan of it. Spaceballs, 57%. What the? What? No, that's a classic. I love that movie. Step Brothers with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, 55%. Are you kidding me? It's a beautiful movie. 
So good. A Knight's Tale. Never seen of it. Never seen it. But I hear it's really good. Hocus Pocus. Not a fan of it. But a lot of people love it. That's 38%. Wet Hot American Summer. Never seen it. But it's apparently 38%. The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. The original one. 21%. Wow. National Trevor. Trevor. National Treasure with Nick Cage. 46%. Are you kidding me? He stole the Declaration of Independence. And you're giving him 46%? All this is based on fact. (laughs) You just gave history 46%. I swear that's based on true story. (laughs) True events. Jumanji with Robin Williams was 52%. That's ridiculous. That's a good one. Let's see. Saw, 50%. I'm not a huge horror movie guy, so I'm fine with that. I don't like those scary movies where they're just twisted and full of carnage. Blade 2, 57%. That's a good movie. Man of Steel, 56%. Are you kidding? Mars Attacks, 56%. Taken with Liam Neeson. He's trying to find his daughter. And you guys gave him 59%. Are you kidding me? You sick bastards. I don't know who you are, but I will find you. And I have a very particular set of skills. Skills that will let me track you down and beat the snot out of you. 59%. What the heck? I don't think any of us are really shocked with the Rotten Tomatoes thing. It makes sense. In all honesty, it does. At the end of the day, you got to trust your gut on whether you should see a movie or not. Is it Does it have a basic storyline that you want to see? Are you looking for comedy? Are you looking to be watching a dramatic film that's just going to make you want to fall asleep halfway through? It depends what you want to do. You can tell I don't like dramas. I cannot stand dramas i like a movie that i can watch over and over again you can't watch dramas over and over again you can't comedies yes absolutely Step Brothers, yes that's why it should be certified fresh with like a 95 it should Spaceballs, yes i'm rescoring these for you that should be a 97 you went over my helmet <laughs> oh yeah oh i love it Real quick, Subway just recently unveiled a promotional traveling 180-foot-long blimp in the shape of its new half-pound sandwich called The Beast. The Beast. And it doubles as a floating restaurant suspended 1,000 feet above the ground. But the Subway in the Sky, which will have traveled to three cities nationwide by the end of this month of September, might according to some, leave a bad taste in your mouth. This is from Kansas City Star reporter Joseph Hernandez. said, I had, I had thought there would be more space inside the blimp, which was described as a dining experience taking to the skies. Instead, I found myself sandwiched <laughs> inside the sandwich, two rows of four seats just a few feet behind the cockpit. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect, dude? <laughs> it's not going to be like, you know, you can seat like 20 plus a restaurant in there. 
no, no. But I guess this is what he says. It was just enough space to eat from the Subway lunchbox with four of their signature sandwiches inside uh, if you're brave enough to eat there. Before climbing aboard, passengers are gifted a lunchbox filled with samples of the chain's four new Deli Hero sandwiches, which is the beast, which is pepperoni, salami, turkey, ham, roast beef, and double provolone cheese. That actually sounds pretty good. The Titan Turkey, which is uh, then Grand Slam ham, and a garlic roast beef. And you can eat those all on the air. So it's not like a full service like thing. They're just they have some pre-made sandwiches and they have a pilot up there. And then they probably just have some subway decor up there. And then they're like, eat, <laughs> eat, go ahead, eat. I mean, it would be kind of a cool experience. Subway in the sky already landed in Kansas City just in time for the NFL kickoff between uh, the Chiefs and the Lions at Arrowhead Stadium just last week. The reservation sold out in 17 minutes. It would be a neat experience, I guess. I mean, would you do it? I mean, just say I did, I would do it. I mean, I, I wouldn't go out of my way. I wouldn't be upset if, if I tried to get reservations and, and, there, uh, and I missed out. So they're going to make more stops in Orlando and Miami as part of its Eat Fresh Refresh launch of the company. So they're trying to, you know, kind of get people excited again about Subway. And I, I guess it's cool. It's it's thinking outside the box and trying to do something different. And I don't know. I, I think it would be kind of cool. That being said, you only have one of these blimps. You should have a few more and, and go to a few more cities. And, and that way you get more publicity out of it. But I don't know. Would you do that? It'd be kind of cool. Uh, again, just something you could say you did. But I wouldn't be too upset if I didn't do it. If anybody has a blimp that they want to let me borrow, <laughs> and we could we could do the podcast on the blimp, that would be great. And then, like, during the middle of it, we could spit out the window. Uh-huh! <laughs> yes! No, I wouldn't do that. You would do that because you're a twisted son of a bitch. You are. You got problems. And I'm going to report you. Okay, I think that'd be kind of fun to do something different like that. I need to start doing shows on the road. Maybe I start doing that at the, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to commit to <laughs> I don't want to commit to doing something like that. Eventually, that's what I plan on doing is doing some on the road. Uh, it just depends. It has to be the right area. And I want to get enough of an area where people can interact with the with the show i think that would be a lot of fun hey thank you guys so much for joining the podcast don't forget monday nights at sugar fire in westminster we're going to be off 144th and orchard parkway on the south side of 144th there's going to be a lot of drink specials food specials prizes just a lot of fun and and i can't wait to see you guys out there I already got a lot of people saying that they're going to swing by tonight and uh, it, it's going to be great. I can't, I can't wait. I'm excited. Even if you swing by, grab some food, and then, and then take it to go or something, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine. Just say hi. Maybe we'll do a picture. And then, boom, you're gone. That's fine. 
if you don't want to sit there and watch football, that's okay. But just I, I just want to say hi to all, all the peeps, you know? Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done it, go ahead and hit subscribe. Share it with your friends if you're able. A big thanks to Sugar Fire in Westminster. Amazing barbecue. If you can't make it tonight, that's fine. Just make sure you head out to Sugar Fire in Westminster because it's going to change your life. It's such good food. And Chef Clint is classically trained, and he just knocks it out of the park with his menu. Uh, also, big thanks to Superbook Sports Colorado. Don't forget to use that promo code MILEHIGH. It's to Huff Uncensored. I'll see you guys later tonight at Sugar Fire in Westminster. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.